Hello, I'm Pamela Davis. Welcome to episode 19 of the Well Done Life podcast. Hello, and welcome back to episode, this is episode 19 of the Well Done Life podcast, and I'm your host, Pamela Davis, and I am so excited to be here with you on Saturday night at 1030. And if you are just listening to the Well Done Life podcast for the first time, welcome. This is a podcast about building a community. We're building a community by sharing experiences. You've come at the right time. I just started not too long ago in February, and I'm sharing my stories under the hope that you can learn from me and that I eventually will continue to grow this platform so that as a community, we can share each other's stories. I can bring new people into the fold who will share with you as well, because I feel like we're at a place where we really need to lean into each other so that we can learn from each other. That's really going to be the key for us to affect change in this world and to be able to grow. So I really wanted to make sure that I was thoughtful about how I wanted to approach episode 19, because this is a hard podcast. We have so much going on in our country right now, so much unrest, and it's so unfortunate but it's so, it's so needed. Um, if I, I think about it, I, I've been trying to figure out how I wanted to kind of jump into this subject because one of the key things about trying to live your best life is being able to accept your truth, being able to identify what's in front of you so that you can Accept it for what it is and then think of how you can help it be different or how you can improve upon a situation that is maybe not conducive to you. And I cannot tell you how hard it is to be black in America. This week, I have felt so heavy in my soul. I, I am just astonished at the levels that we just keep going to as a country. Um, the brutality against George Floyd, um, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, there's just so many. And it's like you get tired of saying names. And there's tons of others, unfortunately, that don't get national coverage, but this is a problem. and. This isn't an old problem. This is a foundation in which our country has been built upon. And I can't live my best life unless I speak my truth about how I feel. But at the same time, I can't help others live their best life if I don't engage in conversations. And I'm hopeful that this podcast will be an opportunity to help engage you to want to share with me so that I can educate you on what it's like and through my lens and you can educate me on what it's like through your lens and maybe we can grow together because I'll be honest what we've been doing right now is not working it really isn't I mean this isn't new this isn't something that has never been done people have been marching have been rioting have been looting have been dying for equality in our country for over 300 years. 
So it's like you can't keep doing the exact same things over and over again, expect something different. And people are tired. I'll be honest. I'm exhausted emotionally right now. That it, it, it's it's heavy. It's really heavy. Um, but I, I still am going to persevere and go on because I know it's not necessarily all about that. Obviously, what's happening right now is happening because it has to. We can't continue going on the way that we are and expect that we are going to be able to live a better life. Right now, we're, our country is in a complete state of unrest with the pandemic, with record unemployment. And now this, it's if we don't come together at this point, no, we'll never come together. And I have to believe as an optimist, as a person who wants to see us continue to grow and advance, that we will take this time to really figure out how we can address the problems of racism. But the key is addressing the problem of racism. The key is acknowledging that there are people in this country who inherently are comfortable with the systematic oppression of black and brown people. And that is something that we have to take stock of. We can't keep acting like it's not happening. We can't keep allowing people to pacify us with words. We have to see action. And that's on the side of white people and on the side of black people. This isn't a a load that black people can carry alone. Um, We need allies. We need white America talking about it and holding each other accountable when they identify that somebody is being oppressed because oppression for one is oppression for everyone. And I don't want to hear anyone say to this generation or even to my generation that, oh, slavery is in the past and you just need to get over it. That is not true. I want to kind of give you a little backstory and I took some notes so I could be very succinct with what I'm going to break down for you. But like I mentioned, black people in this country have been systematically oppressed for over well over 300 years. And I myself am a byproduct of some of that. Let me break it down to you in this way. I was born in February of 1973. At the time of my birth, We only were almost nine years out from the passage of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which ended segregation in the United States in public places and banned employment discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. That was 1964. And then, remember, at the time of my birth in February of 1973, we were only five years after the passage of the Civil Rights Act of 1968. The Civil Rights Act of 1968 further expanded on the previous acts of 1964 because we weren't able to get our full rights established at that point. And they prohibited discrimination concerning the sale, rental, and financing of housing based on um, race, religion, and national origin. So essentially... I was my parents' first child born with all of my civil rights intact. Let me say that again. In February 1973, I was my parents' first child born 
with all of their civil rights intact. That also means that blacks in America have only been free, in air quotes, for approximately 52 years to this day. And America was founded on July 4th, 1776. And the first slave ship from Africa arrived in Virginia near Jamestown in 1619. That means black people in America had been in bondage or oppressed for approximately 349 years before the passage of the Civil Rights Acts. Take that in. Imagine what that means. Over 349 years of oppression until we got to the 1968 Acts. To say we're tired is an understatement. (laughs) To say we have built this country through blood, sweat, tears, death, and oppression will never be enough to cover our impact. Our ancestors were the foundation for capitalism in this country. Remember, capitalism is an economic system based on the private ownership of the means of production and their operation for profit. Characteristics central to capitalism include private property, capital accumulation, wage labor, voluntary exchange, a price system, and competitive markets. So essentially, you brought me here to be your labor force. Remember, Africans came into this country. We were your labor. And you marketed us, you sold us to other people so that you could create industry and capitalism. So we are the foundation of the system that is running this country. But I'm not equal. I deserve, I'm lesser. I somehow am not viewed as valuable. I'm less than my life is extendable. And I have only essentially been free myself for 47 years. How do I get over that? How can I turn the cheek? Tell me, how can anyone who is black in America be asked to turn the cheek, to to forgive, to always be docile and to be human? When the people who have oppressed us, who have created this cycle, have demonstrated no type of humility whatsoever. Our lives are expendable. As we're seeing right now, as we saw with George Floyd, I mean, to have a man put his knee on someone's neck for nine minutes and listen to a man beg for his mother to tell you I cannot breathe, that's that's irreprehensible. And it's not forgivable. And yes, we are all good Christians and God asks us forgive, but God helps the child who's got, God blesses the child who's got his own. And at the same time, there's, it's an inherent problem that we are not fixing. So I say all of that to say, imagine carrying that, that responsibility and carrying that knowledge that your freedom is new. And at any point in time, because my skin color doesn't match yours, that other people who are like you feel that I'm less than. 
And and don't get me wrong, it's not like every day we have some form of blatant all-out racism, but the microaggressions daily are just as tiring. I saw a tweet recently, um, and I I had to share it in my Instagram, and I thought, it's so true. There are so many um, black and brown men and women who are sitting on countless Zoom calls right now, trying to maintain all of their levels of professionalism and decorum, fighting back tears and anger and being constantly in a state of rage because they're playing the game to get a job. Because even after everything that I just broke down for you, it still has now been instilled in us because we are byproducts of that systemic racism that I broke down to you and oppression that I somehow have to play a game in order to be acceptable to white America so that I can move ahead and navigate. I have to fight for everything that I aspire to. Whereas there are colleagues or maybe individuals in this world who will get more than that than you with lesser qualifications. It's it's amazing. And it's it's not something that's unexpected. Believe me, Um, black people, we expect it. (laughs) But I think we're just at the point, like I mentioned, we're exhausted. I mean, my God, over 300 years of oppression it's like come on we're, we're we're almost at four now and it's like aren't you tired aren't you tired of not liking me because I don't fit what your standard should be or because you were generally generationally taught to fear the thing that is not like you so you allow xenophobia which is what that is, the fear of foreigners, the fear of things that are not like you, to allow you to treat me in a lesser way. But instead of you becoming a blatant racist, you do it through microaggressions. Or you feel confident in yourself that you are not racist because you have that, like I mentioned, uh, a black friend, that one black friend, or that uh, colleague at work that you interact with. I don't know how many people need to hear this, but maybe you need to hear it from somebody like me or somebody else. If you have to count the number of minorities that you know, or you can count them, then you might be racist. You really will. I mean, if you cannot actually, or if you can't pick up the phone and have a conversation with a black person, not related to business, you might be racist. And and I and when I say that, I want I mean if you can't have a real conversation. I have a friend from who I used to work with. I don't work with her anymore, but we're cool. And she reached out to me. She's white and she said, How are you doing? And she and I had a real conversation. She was like, I know what's going on. I know your soul is not well. How can I help? You know, let me talk to you. And we talked. And she knows what's going on is not the way and she's actively and vocally honest and stands in the truth that her privilege affords her things that it doesn't afford me and she wants to be an ally that's what we're talking about 
We need more white people like that because I know that she will have other conversations with other white people. And when you guys talk and we all talk, we come together and we do great things. Now is not the time to hide and to shirk and to be afraid. Now is the time where we need you to really stand up. We need you to pull up. It's really simple. I don't want to read any notes. I don't want to hear, oh, you know, some passive passive candy ass rhetoric about how you're oh you're so supportive and you care so much but then there's no action behind it I want you to be real because we're at that point that that's what we need we need real and and let me be clear I have to admit I the looting in uh the looting does concern me the looting concerns me the 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 protesting I totally have no problem with that. I think you do, you have to protest. But like destroying property and looting, I tend to believe that that is false. I tend to believe that that is perpetrated by other people to uh, put forth false agendas that don't allow black and brown people to be able to move the narrative to where it needs to be. Because ultimately what I am about is I'm about affecting change where it matters. I think if we have not learned by now or we are not learning that each of us has to be very clear about what our expectations are of the political system, of our elected officials, we have to get clear. Um, it's not about being a Democrat. It's not about being a Republican. I'm an independent. I was a generational Democrat. And I have now declared myself no political affiliation because I am tired of that. I feel that it's time to get down to brass tacks about what is going to really affect change. Because ultimately, I am concerned about what is going to or who is going to advance the interest of black and brown people. But I will say one thing. I do not support the current um presidency by any means because this is a byproduct of what he is about his agenda he and that's a whole another conversation because ultimately you have to get clear also about what you stand for because if you stand don't stand for something you will fall for anything and I'm not falling for anything so I think that's an important aspect of this as well. We have to get very clear. We have to start having those conversations. And I'm trying to personally sit here and figure out how I'm going to get involved in the political system. Am I going to register people to vote? I'm trying to have as many conversations as I can with um, blacks and white people. Anybody who wants to engage me in a conversation, whether I agree with you or not, if you and try to engage me I'm going to try to connect with you because I feel like at this point in time, we have to educate each other because I'm trying to give it space to think that maybe some of the ignorance that I hear, some of the ignorance I see is because you don't know and you're so sheltered away from it that maybe you feel like you have that flexibility or your privilege has afforded you not the opportunity to be involved. But for those of us that live this life every day, Black, being black in America is more than it is more than us being entertainment sources for you. We are not just trendsetters. We are not just motivators. We are individuals who bleed, who cry, who live, and we deserve to be treated as equals. Our lives have to matter. I I have some of the, 
I mean, I'm afraid of the police just like anybody else. And I try to make sure that I toe the line because I have had my own experiences and it has, it shook me to my core. And I'm not going to really get into it too much, but it happened a few years ago. And I don't talk about it too often because it scared the crap out of me. I was not, I was maybe less than 10 minutes from my home. And the officer who stopped me, he had the mitigated gall to look at my address and everything. And he was like, well, how can you afford to live here? You live over there? Yeah, I live there. I have a job. I work. And why are you asking me that? You pulled me over because my tent was too dark. Really? My tent was too dark now. But that's a whole nother conversation. And I, at that point when it was over, I was just blessed to be able to go home. And when, I, and when I've gotten pulled over, that's all I think about. Because I think about how my dad trained me if I got pulled over. Make sure I keep my hand at 10 and 2. And don't move unless the officer tells me to move. And try to keep my comments very short. Because yes, I, just like a black man, was trained on how to go out here. That is an inherent part of our development as black people in this country. You have to learn how to navigate. There's just, again, it's so many rules to playing the game. And I'm tired. I am tired. And all of us, we're tired. That's why things are the way that they are right now. And I wish that I could offer some, some positive way of us getting through it. But right now, I haven't figured it out. I really haven't. Um, <laughs> I believe that we will get through it, but it's going to take all of us. And ultimately, I hope that we all can come together and do what is necessary to move our country forward. Because if not for me, for my generation, for the next generation, I don't have children. And I pray for every parent that has a child because I can only imagine the fear you must feel right now. Because I only have my mom and my sister, but those are that's my family, and I'm afraid for us every day. So I want us to figure out a way of how to do better. So I'm going to have to talk about this more, and, and I hope that you can hang around for it. And if you can't hang around for it, I understand, because I'll be quite honest, you can't live the well-done life unless you can acknowledge where you came from, and you can discuss what's troubling you. So this is why we're here. We're right here, right now. And I want everybody to be safe. I want everybody to be prayerful, but I want everybody to figure out and think about what I'm talking about. If you are not black, if you happen to be listening to this and you're white, I want you to ask yourself and think about, are you really racist? And like I said, racism, if you have to, is really simply questioning the amount of diversity that you have in your life. And if you literally, you can count like the number of people that you have the innate ability to have true, honest conversations with who are not, uh, who are of color. And you only come up with probably like one or two people on your own hand, or you have to th really think hard about it. You might have to check yourself, but that's, that's something only you can do. And the same goes here because I have to admit, I cannot isolate myself from people who are not like me. So I'm not doing that. I try to have conversation with anyone who will ask me questions. So I'm open. But I think we have to get past it. We have to be very honest and clear about where we are so that we can move forward. So I want us to do that. 
And like I said, we will have more conversations. I hope you can rock with me. I hope we can learn and grow together because I need you. We need you. We can't keep going through this year after year, month after month, day after day. It's time for a change and the change is now. So please help us be a part of that change. Be an ally, not an obstacle. I want to say prayers to everyone, prayers and graciousness to our first responders out there. I'll have all my social media information in the show notes, but you can find me on my social platforms at I am Pamela L. Davis on, on Twitter, uh, at Instagram and Facebook. You can find me at Pamela L. Davis. You can email me at theworldonlife at gmail.com. And you can find this podcast on Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Spotify, any podcast out there. So thank you for listening. I hope, I hope some of it resonated with you. And I'm praying for you all. Until we talk again, good night.